Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the good name of the Lord. Isn't the Lord wonderful? I'm telling you. Okay, Greg, you can bring those up if you want to. I missed, uh, forgot to do it last night. We started an altar call and I didn't, I didn't do it quick enough before. This is the last night and the last time you'll have a chance on this trip. So I mentioned some of the things that you need. You can decide what you want. Put the table over after service. Uh, you have authority. But if, but if you don't know it, you stir up the gift that's in you. You have authority. It's a little mini book. You must know your authority. Another little mini book. I've got 37 mini books, I think. Confess. Confession brings possession. That's one of the top sellers in a mini book. And this one here. Brother Hagin was my best customer on this. He ordered these by the thousands. He said, this is the best book that I ever wrote. God's power through the laying on of hands. I think I have all the scriptures in that book about laying on of hands in the New Testament. How to live and not die. We get lots of mail when this saves your life. Saves your life. This totally saves your life. You do what it says. Read that book and do what it says and you can live and not die. Don't let the devil steal your destiny. Because he will. He can get you on another road besides what God has you on. Don't forget to laugh at the devil. Laugh at him. You know the Bible says, you ever put this together? The Bible says laughter, in other words, maketh like good medicine. You can have any kind of disease. I don't care what kind you got. I don't care if it's a crooked leg. You can laugh at it and command it with authority to be normal. I command you be normal and then laugh at it. Laugh at it. Every day, look at your crooked leg, the crippleness, and laugh at it. Say, you can't, you, can't, you can't stand that way because these are my legs. Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? I command you, straighten out. <laughs> oh, 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 you're nuts. You up the next one is still crooked. You're, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you think you're going to stay crooked, but you're not because I command you straighten out and do it every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. One morning you'll get up and you'll be normal. Not maybe either. You will be. But you got to do it every day. You got to do it with authority. If you ever start speaking weak, you won't get nothing. Well, Lord, I'm Lord, but I'm Lord. Uh, Ha, ha, ha. Uh, uh, um. I want you to straighten out now, legs. Ha, ha, ha. God does not fool with half-dead anything. You have to show God that you're alive. How to deal with Satan and demons. If you don't know how to deal with Satan and demons, that'll teach you. How to deal with them. <clears throat> I have a different way tonight. 
that God required me one time to do with the devil. How, how to pray effectively. You'll hear a little bit about that tonight. How to pray effectively. And I went through a thing in a, in a service. Always remember, if you don't receive something from God, it's because you didn't pray effectively. You prayed wrong and you believe wrong. Now get, get this statement. All things, God says, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's anybody in the world. All things. Deformed children, everything. All things. All things. I told you last night, you won't have to find no church in the world that knows how to take a deformed child and get it normal. They just, they just, they're not that educated. They just don't know enough. You, you understand that? God knows everything, but we don't know everything. And, you're not, and you can learn, you're not going to learn how to do it unless you listen to him. But when God says all things are possible to him that believeth, he means that. So if there's anything you or anybody else don't get, it's because that you don't believe us. Because God says, all things are possible to him that believeth. Not to him because you need it. You say, well, I believe the Lord. No, I won't. Yeah, oh, sure. People tell me that all the time. But I started years ago asking them. I said, well, now wait a minute. Oh, I, you know, I have people stop me all the time and say, well, I, I, I believe the Lord. And I did everything you said, but it didn't work. I said, no, you didn't. Uh-huh. I say, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, no, you didn't. Are you trying to tell me that God is a liar? Well, no, no, I wasn't. I said, yeah, you did. You said you believed and didn't get it. There's no such thing as that. Do you understand that in your squirrely mind, in your thick head? There is no such thing as that. And you don't have no friends, nowhere in the world, any time, that believed God and didn't receive. There's no such thing as that. You understand that? There's no such thing as that. God says, all things are possible to him that believeth. Oh, well, I'm a Christian, I believe. No, 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 no. No, you believe what they believe when you go to church. You're trained. You ever stop and think that your teacher don't know much? If you can't get God to do something, you either not listen to your teacher or they don't know much. All things are possible to him that believeth. And you have a good man charging this church. Rodney, he's got patience. Patience is what makes faith work. And you, and you receive from God by faith. God is a faith God. And you know, Rodney, he'll just walk around with patience and just stand and look at you. <laughs> you don't get in a hurry. But he believes God for some of the strongest things I've ever seen in my life. But he went to New York City and held that meeting at Madison Square Garden and he won $85,000 a night for auditorium. $85,000 a night. And he don't have no money. But he told me, he said, well, I will have it though. He didn't have no money. He said, but I will have it. 
and he had it. Paid it all off. Through faith, he believed. This is a tape series, How to Live and Not Die. Now, I'm, I'm holding a meeting one time in El Paso, Texas, at Charles Neiman's church. Brother Charles has a church there, about 3,500 people. And I was speaking at his church. At that particular time, <clears throat> I knew an RN nurse in L.A., in Hollywood, around Hollywood there. Her name was Tony. Spirit-filled Christian nurse, RN. And Rock Hudson had AIDS, and he was overseas, and he, he came back from overseas and went to the hospital. And she became his nurse in the hospital. And then one more girl in the hospital helped her, was assigned to him, and she was a Christian too. Tony used to come to hear me teach when I go to L.A. and stuff, you know. So I'm speaking in a meeting in El Paso, Texas. Now then, uh, he's at home. She called me on the phone. Tony did and says, Brother Norval, they're going to move Rock Hudson from uh, the hospital back home because they've given him up to die. And they said he won't live very much longer, maybe a few weeks, a few months. But they, the hospital can't help him, so there's no use in staying there. They're going to assign two nurses to him. They have somebody with him all the time. Pray that God will have them to pick me and this other girl, both of us are Christians, to go to Rock Hudson's mansion with him and take care of him there. So we prayed and they got us, both of them got assigned to it. Twelve hour shifts, six to six, six to six. One of them worked twelve hours, other one worked twelve hours. So I'm in El Paso and <clears throat> The Lord moved up on me concerning Rock Hudson. I've been praying for him. He said, take your tape series, How to Live and Not Die, and take your tape series, You Must Speak to the Mountain. Fly from El Paso to L.A. Call Tony. Ask her to meet you at the airport and give her these two tape series tell her to take them and put them by Rock Hudson's bed you know what made Rock Hudson a homo don't you I mean queer I mean a gay it's all the same thing you know all from hell so what difference does it make you know what you call him. And, and, he says, and so he made Rock Hudson used to be from a small town in Illinois. There's always a reason why anybody in the mental institution or anybody that's sick or anybody that's in trouble, there's always a reason how you got that way. See, everybody in the world is supposed to be healthy that knows God. 
Everybody in the world knows God's supposed to be wealthy. It's already been paid for. Jesus died on the cross for your salvation. Jesus said, I became poor that you might be rich. He has words of life for you. So Jesus already paid the price for everything. And he says you can have anything. But God made a statement in the Bible, you know, that covers all that stuff. But, but the human race don't pay attention to him. So they just have to live like dogs or live without and live and do the only thing you can. And fill the prisons up and fill the middle institutions up and fill all the hospitals up. And just live so degrading and in the eyes of God. They're not supposed to be that way. They're supposed to be healthy, strong, and wealthy. That's what Jesus paid a price for you. You might have life and have it more abundantly. Being broke and sick and beaten down is not life more abundantly. That's the life for stupid people and ignorant people that don't know nothing. And God can't help you if you don't learn. As long as you stay dumb or ignorant, God says, you see, being ignorant is a choice. Being healthy is a choice. Being wealthy is a choice. Having peace in your life is a choice. Having the joy of the Lord in your life is a choice. You can get up in the morning and know it. From your bed, you walk into your living room, whatever you want to do, you know. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, when you first get up, when you first get up, you don't feel that way. You stumble into the living room, you know. But it doesn't make a difference how you feel when you, when you first wake up. You have to make yourself. Make yourself sing. Make yourself lift your hands and worship God. Your body don't never want to pray. It wants to watch gun smoke and, and eat potato chips and drink Cokes. Your body don't want to pray. You have to make your body obey you. Your body is nuts. Your flesh is crazy. Crazy as a bat. And if you obey your flesh, you'll be as you'll be as confused as a bat. You'll be flying like this all the time. Not know where you're going. And it's the most simple thing in the world for people to be healthy and be wealthy and have full of joy and full of peace. It's the most simple thing in the world. But, and you can scream it at people, teach them and be nice to them or be mean to them. And they still believe what they want to do. Then, well, well. God said, all the things in my word is my law book. All the promises I've made from Genesis to Revelations, all of them, a little over 3,000 of them, God says, they're all available to be yours. All of these are possible for you to have for those that believeth. And, all, and God says, you can have them. If you do one thing, just one thing. God says, don't forget to thank me for everything.
thing. All the things that God provided for you uh, that you don't have, the only reason you don't have it is because you didn't obey God. He said, forget not to thank me for everything. And those things that you forgot to thank God for, you don't have them. He said, well, what? What, what does he want to do that for? Well, this is the way it is. God said, my word is truth. What is truth? God said, my word is truth. And if you know the truth, now the truth won't set you free because sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to hear the truth. God said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. What is truth? God said, my word is truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me God. So, pick out what you want and remind God. God said you have to remind him. He don't work automatically for nobody. There's one thing that God will let you do though. He'll let you die years before your time and he won't do anything about it he will not come in your hospital room and heal you he won't come you could have a thousand Christians there he won't come you have to show him you believe him if you believe him he'll come if you don't believe him he's not coming I can tell you right now he's not coming because he works through faith and he said, remind me of where I promised you health, if that's what you want. God said, remind me of the scripture where I promised you health. Remind me. Remind me, you want some money? Remind me where I promised you wealth. Remind me of chapter and verse where I promised it to you. And it's all in there. All of it. But if you don't even know where it's at, how can you remind him? And he demands that you remind him where it's at because that way you can put him to a test. You said, you said it, God, and the Bible says that you cannot lie. So if you cannot lie, and you promised me this right here, and I tell you I believe it, and I'm going to worship you every day, and I'm going to thank you for it, and it's mine. Well, if you do that, it'll come to you. Because... Especially where money is concerned, or health, or anything else, he promised you. But you have to take caution with money. Uh, God can't afford to, to bless a lot of people with money. Of course, they don't believe it either, because uh, most people cannot stand to have money and live a Christian life. Or be on fire for God I've been an employer for over 50 years I used to have 14 secretaries I had a lot of different businesses
And I've never had an employee, not one, in over 50 years, could stand to have money. And stay normal. The more money a human being gets, uh, most of the time causes them to grow cold and indifferent towards God. They don't mean to, it's just the lust of it causes them to do it. And you basically love God afar off. But if you live in a home, a nice home, and you got four Cadillacs like I had, and you make five, six thousand dollars a week like I did, and you get voted to the executive board, that's as high as you can go. And you make more money than the governor. And the Lord comes and rides in your car for Iron High. Iron High. I cried for Iron High. I couldn't believe that she'd come and ride in my car for Iron High. If he ever does, you'll be just as crazy as I am. You might say, Brother Norval, I ain't never met nobody like you before. I ain't never met nobody as crazy as you are. I said, oh, I don't doubt that. If Jesus rides in your car for an hour and a half, you'd be just as crazy as I am. I sold out to him and I was, I tried my best to sell out to him when I was 33 years old when he came. But I didn't know anything about him because I was raised as Baptist. What in the world do I know about I never heard about speaking in tongues. I never heard about casting out devils. I never heard about most things in the ministry of Jesus. I never heard about it. I never heard about the gifts of the Spirit. I could have them all if I wanted them. I didn't, I didn't know those things. I knew about salvation and living your life right. That's what the Baptist taught. Salvation and living your life clean. So all you know, all you know about God is what they know when you go to church. That's all you know. It's because you go to the church and you feel good and they have nice organ music and nice choir and stuff like that. You know, a beautiful building. I don't mean to get any sense. Spiritual sense, that is. Is there anybody there that can make a devil leave somebody? Is there anybody there that can take a deformed child and have it become normal? Is there anybody there that can speak your crooked legs to be made straight? Is anybody there that knows how to pray to get a hold of God? Well, I mean, you know, just, just a many. Benny Hinn and Rod Parsley, I spoke, spoke for both of them for years. And in their conventions and their churches, and still speak for Rod. Benny don't have a church now. When he's in Orlando, I did. But they've both been trying to get me to go on TV for years. I said, Brother Norville, why don't you go on TV and just sit behind your desk? You don't even need but one camera. That's all you need is one camera. I said, because your ministry is a teaching ministry, why don't you go just and sit in your office and just sit behind your desk, have one camera just fixed on you, and you sit right there in that chair, open up your Bible, and teach people how to be healed. You would never have to go through with what we went through with, trying to get enough money to pay your TV bill. Rod said, Norval, if you go on TV and sit behind your desk and teach, 
how people can be healed. Offer your tape series, How to Live and Not Die, for sale. Offer your book and offer your video. Just those three items in the same name. He said, you'd take in more than enough money to pay your TV bill the first month. The reason you would is because Rod Parsley, Benny Hinnable said, Norval, there's a sick world out there. All the hospitals are full. All the mental institutions are full. All the penitentiaries are full. There's a total, total sick world. And they want to hear what you know. Because I trained Rod for a week. He didn't even know how to lay hands on people. I said, give me your hands, Rod. Rod, lay hands on these people tonight. He says, I don't know how, Brother Norval. I don't know how. He's only about 20 years old. I took his hand. Because his mother was dying of the disease and his sister was demon-possessed. And he didn't know how to help them. So a fellow used to sing for me on the road. I was a friend of Rod's and he asked him, he says, you know anybody I can take my, I love my family. Rod does, he loves his family. He says, I have a sister that's demon-possessed. She nearly drove the family crazy for two years. She fights, she does everything. And, um, and my mother's dying of the disease. And I don't, I don't know anybody I can take them to for help. Doctors can't help them. Well, he said, Rod, I've traveled with a fellow named Norval Hayes. He said he's raised as Baptist himself. But he's going to have a convention for a week over in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Convention Center. In one of the ballrooms there, in the meeting rooms, and said, if you'll take your mother over there and your sister over there and stay all week and don't, don't try to push them off on him, just let, him, let the Holy Spirit work with him. And just go in and, and go, go to every meeting. I spoke morning and night. If, you, if you'll go there and stay all week, I believe that both of them will walk out of that meeting totally normal. He said, okay. He said, I've talked with Brother Norval for years. That's just the way it is. And he said, if you get the truth in people, people can get totally healed. So I got his mother healed in two days. But his sister was on dope and she was all messed up, you know, and drank whiskey and everything, you know, and she's demon-possessed. It took me... I worked with her for four days, the first four days of the meeting, Monday through Thursday. The meeting, I think, was Monday through Friday. But anyway, I worked with her, and she, she just stand there. I'd say, in Jesus' name, you devil, come out of her. In Jesus' name, she'd stand in line there, they'd bring her, they'd bring her up there. She'd just stand like this right here, just like a statue, and just stare at me. I'd say, in Jesus' name, come out of her. She'd just stare at me. She wouldn't flinch. She'd go back, sit in her seat while I was speaking. She'd get up out of her seat and go outside, open up her pocketbook and take some drugs and drink some whiskey with it. And come back in, sit down, just sit there and stare at me. Four days that went on, morning and night. 
The last day I was praying about that girl. All of you needs this. Everyone in this building. How to pray effectively. I said, I was praying for her. And the Lord spoke to me. And said, you're not going to ever get her free. By just praying for her. Them demons in her is too strong. He said, if you will take her in your arms. Put your arms around her. Pull her up close to you. Lock your arms around her and hold her. And command those devils to come out of her and tell the devil, in Jesus' name, I break your power over this girl. And I command you to loose her and let her go free. Come out of her. He said, if you'll do that and hold on to her long enough, uh, you can break that power and she can be returned back to normal. So when he introduced me like he did a while ago, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. They got by the podium and I said, well, that girl there from Columbus, Ohio, will she come up here? Rod's sister, come up here. And so she came up there. They brought her, they brought her up there. I just obeyed God. I just reached and got her and put my arms around her, pulled her up close to me. I said, in Jesus' name, you devils, I break your power over this girl and I command you, come out of her! I'm not asking you anything. I'm telling you what to do. All of you devils that possessed this girl for two years, come out of her, I said. You see, how long did you do that? Two hours and 45 minutes. Right in front of the congregation. It's called faith. It's called believing God, what he says. Oh, you can find a lot of ministers will give you a good five-minute prayer, ten-minute prayer, something like that, you know. But you have to obey God. And sometimes you can get help like that. When anointing comes, you can get help for somebody sometimes in five seconds, ten seconds. But there's no anointing there. You've been praying for her for four days, and she stands and stares at you. And then after two hours and 45 minutes went by, uh, she, she, uh, God began to shake her just like a leaf with the wind blowing. So he began to shake her. And she, he shook her just like this, her whole body. Well, I had a hold of her, and, she, and of course, he shook her. I would shake too. Yeah, I would shake too. Shake like this. And he kept on. And I kept saying, in Jesus' name, come out of her! And she'd shake like this. And she kept on shaking. Shaking, kept on shaking. And finally she got to shaking so, so strong I couldn't hold on to her. So I just unlocked my arm from around her and let her go. And God was shaking her like this and he slid her to the floor. She hit the floor and she started crying. She had a lot of hair and she hair like this and she started crying. And she cried and cried and cried. She wept and wept on the floor for probably 15 minutes. Now, Rob was standing there, I watched her because he loved his sister, but didn't know how to help her. And she raised up. After about 15 minutes, she stopped crying. 
pushed herself up to a seating position and looked around. She saw Rod stand there and she said, Hi, Rod. And he broke and started crying. He said, Oh my God, my sister is back. That's the first time I've heard her normal voice in two years. She said, they're all gone. Nothing has me bound no more. I am totally free. They called his daddy. He drove from Columbus, Ohio to Indianapolis, Indiana. Walked in the auditorium and saw his daughter normal. Her standing like this, you know. <laughs> he couldn't stand it. He turned her loose and walked all the way to the front of the auditorium, put his face against the wall, went out down on his knees, and began to thank God, thank God, and praise God, and thank him for what he'd done for his daughter. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you folks. Being in the ministry is hard work. Hard work. Doc, medical doctors say that when you're, if you're in the ministry, public speaker and so forth, you're in the ministry preaching or teaching, he says, one hour is equivalent to eight hours work of hard labor on your body. So if I had known how to pray effectively and know what faith was, Rod Parsons' sister would be dead now. She'd been dead a long time ago. How to pray effectively. You need to know how to pray effectively for something. But Because if you pray and God don't hear you and he don't do anything about it, that's a first class sign that you're not praying effectively. You need to learn how to pray effectively. You don't pray the same way for everything. You have faith the same way. God said those forget not to thank me for everything. Anybody in this building that's sick right now, 10 years ago, if you would have started saying with your mouth, and you're probably, probably a Christian, I want to thank you, Lord, because I accept Jesus as my healer. I'm born again, but I accept Jesus as my divine healer. I want to thank you, Lord, for good health. Thank you, Jesus, for good health. Thank you, Lord, for good health every day. For 10 years, last 10 years, you wouldn't be sick tonight. Because when God hears you, when you're born again, the Bible says the eyes of God never departs from you. When you're born again, the moment you're born again, and the Lord writes your name in heaven in the book of life, you become a citizen of heaven. Now God's directly over you. You're one of his children, but you're living on this crazy earth again. Now, this earth is nice and beautiful. Uh, you know, if the devil wasn't here, God made the earth pretty. But the way we have to live here, that's not what God intended. But, you know, women like apples. John Osteen used to tell stories on his wife. He had like 20,000 members down in Houston, Texas. 
I spoke for him for 25 years. He used to tell stories on his wife about her going and shopping, her going to this, and want to go to Foley's store and want to do this. One day she gets up and she says, Oh, she said, Oh, John, where would you men be without us women? He said, In the garden. And then all, all the women, about 20,000 people, all the women goes, boo, boo. Well, Adam should have been stupid enough to follow his wife and she disobeyed God. You have to be stronger than that, you know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So Tony took this and she met me. And I said, Tony, does Rock Hudson have a, does he have a uh, tape recorder where you can put a little tape in and play it by his bed? She said, no, he don't have one. I said, well, I bought a Panasonic the other day for $35 at, at, uh, at Kmart. And it's got a good sound to it. And I said, I carry one with me in, in, my, in my suitcase on the road. And I said, here's your $50, Tony. Stop at a Kmart on the way back home and buy him one of those Panasonic tape recorders and take it to his room and plug it in and put these speak to the mountains, put it down put this one on top let Rock look at that he's facing death how to live and not die and so I wondered you know how he got like that well I went to Rock's hometown he was raised in Illinois as a kid and he was a, he was a Catholic altar boy he, he, he lived in a, in a he lived in the most unique city you probably don't even know this it's in America but, but it is though I've been there he lives in a city a small town in Illinois that all the squirrels in Illinois are white solid white and got pink eyes all of them all the squirrels and the trees in that town white as snow and they got pink eyes now the town next to them you know, they're all gray that's the only town I know of in America that has white squirrels and pink eyes Rock was raised in that town and he looked like a movie star Rock did even when he was a little boy he was so handsome and so he went to the Catholic Church one day to do some work with it with the, with the priest, and uh, he's eight. By the, I think he was eight years old, and the priest raped him. Well, that'll do it. But you don't know anything about him. Eight years old because you don't know nothing about sex and stuff like that. But when Rock got to be, you know, 13, 14, 15, started looking at, supposed to be looking at girls and stuff, and it didn't have no effect on him. A sweet girl or a pretty girl, it didn't have no effect on him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But he liked to look at boys. He didn't know he was homosexual. 
that priest, when he raped him, his spirit went into rock when he was a little boy. That's why I became a homosexual. When he was in his early 20s, him and James Dean and Elizabeth Tutter made a real good movie, big, big movie. It was a big time movie, made a lot of money. The name of the movie was Giant. Remember that? While they were making that movie, Elizabeth said her and Rock went to dinner one night together. She said, I really liked him. And we were sitting there eating dinner. I never dreamed of such a thing. And he spoke up. He said, Elizabeth, he said, I'm going to have to tell you the truth about me. She said, what, Rock? He said, I'm gay. Oh, she said, oh, God. She said, what a waste. What a waste. So Tony went in and took these two tape series and put them beside of his bed. Now, when he goes home, he's eight years old, he told his mother about the Catholic priest raping him. She said, don't you ever go back to that church again. Anybody else's church don't ever have anything to do with God. Uh, we believed in God and everything. And if, if his representatives treats my son that way, I don't wish to have nothing to do with him. She got so mad because a priest raped him. Well, I don't blame him. She ought to put him in jail. So he didn't go to church. He got to be grown, though. He was good looking. And Hollywood warned him. And they got him. He became a famous movie star. Made a lot of movies. Lots of them. People liked him all over the country, you know. Thousands of women, I'm sure, were disappointed when they found out he was gay, you know. They didn't know it for a long time. He was in his 30s, I guess. At least his 30s. No, he's probably in his early 40s. Before the American public ever found out he was gay. He got married one time, but didn't last but a few days. But he only did that, you know, I guess try to put on her front or something. She said, I went in normal and I put to your tape series like this outside of his bed. And he said, what's that? So this is a, this is a gift that a friend of mine sent you, Rock. And he bought you a tape recorder. He sent you two tape series. He said, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. He looked at me and he says, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. She said, well, he's known you and watching movies a lot in his life and he, he, he wanted to send these to you. He said, I'm to you anyway. And he said, well, okay. And so she put him down there and then one day, she left him there for two or three or four days. And one day she was there and that blonde-headed guy he'd been living with for years in his mansion, Rock had a big mansion. And he came upstairs one day, he had been upstairs in about 10 days. Came upstairs one day in Rock's bedroom and he walked over and he was another homo. He says, what's that? What is that stuff? 
She says, well, a friend of mine sent this as a gift to Rock. He says, well, he don't need that stuff. She says, he says, God, I'm going to take that stuff and put it in a garbage can. Tony said, oh, no, you're not either. And she got it back. She says, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in my pocketbook. So she carried a big pocketbook, you know. She put the pictures in my pocketbook, and she said, he hardly ever come up to her upstairs. Well, he didn't come up to her once a week. So she said, I go to work. When I'd go to work, I'd put him out by his bed. When I'd leave, I'd take him up, put him back in my pocketbook. And she said, one day I was, one morning, I was in uh, the other room from his bedroom. And she said, all of a sudden, Brother Noble, I heard your voice. And she said, I walked back to the door in his bedroom. And she said, he had taken, she said, Rock had taken, he had the tape recorder already plugged in with his bed. He took the first tape out, like this. He took the first tape out, number one, and put it in the tape recorder. Now, if you buy this, be sure you listen to that number one tape first. See what you think about it. And he started playing it. She said, and I watched him, and he was so interested in that. He said, he's listening to you. He's like this. Well, he'd never heard anything like that before. He, she said, he just kept listening. She said, one side run out, had to change it over. And he said, I, I walked in. I said, Mr. Hudson, now, I'm, I'm, I'm an RN. I know about medical science. And you know already, there's nothing about medical science that can help you. There's only one way for you to ever be healed or ever get anything, any kind of help. He said, how is that? said, if you belong to God Almighty that made the world and made all human beings, if you belong to him, he would help you if you ask him to. She said he'd sit there and thought for two or three minutes and he said, well, you know, Tony, I guess it's about time in my life that I started thinking about things like that. She said, yeah, Mr. Hudson, it is. She said, Mr. Hudson, do you mind if I just prayed a little prayer for you and ask God to help you? He didn't answer me real quick. So he waited a while and he said, Well, I guess it'd be okay, Tony, if you want to do it. She said, I started praying for him. Ask God to help him. Ask God to receive him. And praying like, I know you receive him, Lord, and forgive him of anything he's done. If he only asks you to, you have not eternal life because you don't ask for it. 
You have not health because you don't ask for it. You have not wealth because you don't ask for it. She said, Mr. Hudson, it's so plain. She said, with your mouth, just say, Jesus, I love you. I believe that you made me. And I ask you to forgive me for anything I've ever done or anything I've ever said that's against your will. Please forgive me. I stopped her and I said, now, Tony, did you hear him ask the Lord to come into his heart? She said, I did. I did. So, me and Pat Boone had been friends for years because he's from Tennessee. His wife is from Tennessee, too. She's, Pat Boone's father and mother was good friends of mine. <clears throat> I've been to their house and eat with them and everything, you know, and Shirley Boone was Red Foley's um, daughter, Pat's wife. They met in high school in Niceville and got married. Because at that time, Shirley's daddy, Red Foley, he was the most popular. He had the name of having the best voice in, in country music. He's the one who made that famous, that, that song famous, There's Peace in the Valley. Nobody could sing it like Red Foley. Peace in the Valley. And he had a lot of other hits, lots of hits. And so, when I became Pat's friend, he wanted me to come to his mansion and spend days when I go to L.A. and, and live with them. So I'd go. So Debbie and me became friends. He had what, five daughters. He has a whole bunch of daughters. No sons, just daughters. So Debbie and me became good friends because she got saved and gave her life to the Lord. And Debbie was a good singer. So she'd help me in meetings and stuff, you know. I invited her to Hawaii one time. We had some big meetings together. And different places. I invited her to John Osteen's church. She packed the place out. And we just had meetings together. When I started my own my brother's home, and I had to have $100,000. My maternity home that I got now, that's, this is like 20, 20 some years ago. Uh, Debbie Boone and the girl on, on Hee Haw, she was real popular at that time. Ellie Mae, the, the pretty blonde haired girl was on Hee Haw. Her and Debbie went with me. They came and went with me and I, I drove them around and we'd go to different places and we'd all minister together saying, give testimonies, everything, all three of us, and we raise money to buy that maternity home for unwed mothers. And so when we got off the road, I sent Debbie a $5,000 check and, uh, for going with me and helping me. And when she got it, she sent me the $5,000 check back then sent me one of her own checks for $5,000. I said, Brother Noble, it's an honor for me to go help you do that. So you, you just take this check back and I want to give you another check for $5,000 to go towards that unwed mother's home ministry. 
And so, but I had a good time with those two girls for several days. We went, we, we wound up the trip in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I had and I, I booked Debbie in the, in the uh, Navy Center at Oral Roberts University. She packed the thing totally out. Because she made that one record, you know. That's the only big hit she ever had. What's the name of that thing? Yeah, you light up my life. Said the number one in the nation for 18 weeks. But people would come to hear her sing it, though. And she'd sing other, other songs also. So, <clears throat> I was up in, uh, up in Gatlinburg holding my convention. I'll be there this coming uh, Thanksgiving week. In fact, Rodney's going to be there and speak for me about two or three nights. And uh, <clears throat> I got a phone call, emergency phone call. I went outside and Shirley was on the phone. Shirley Boone. She said, Mother Norval, she said, Pat and me has known Rock Hudson for years. And she said, we're good friends of his. I said, we go visit him and pray for him sometimes. But she said, he, he, he's been listening to your tapes. And we, we got permission for you. He, he'd give permission for you to come and pray for him. She said, when are you leaving there? I said, well, I can leave in a fly. I can leave in about the um, day after tomorrow. I can leave and fly out there. I said, we'll pick you up at the airport and you stay with us. Pick you up at the airport and we'll take you to Rock's Mansion. Because we go there all the time anyway to see him. Him and Pat's been in movies together for years. We've known him for years. I said, okay, I can leave here sometime tomorrow, day after tomorrow, and fly out. When you pick me up, Shirley, we'll just go straight to his mansion when you pick me up if we want to, before we ever go to your house. Yeah, she said, that's fine. <clears throat> the next day, I got another emergency phone call. Went outside of the telephone, said, hello. She said, Brother Norville, there's no use in you coming tomorrow. Rock died this morning about 9.30. I said, well, I know he had AIDS real bad, but I said, it's just the way it goes. But thank God he was saved. Yeah. He got saved for that, that one tape, that first tape there. About two weeks after Rock died, I, I usually pick up USA Today paper. And uh, it opened up the purple little thing that tells about movie stars and stuff, you know. I, opened, I, was, I was looking through it, and there it was, about half of the page. Top of the page, I like this, was a picture of Rock's mansion. Beautiful mansion. And his picture, big letters over here, all across the page. Rock Hudson's last words was, Don't worry about me. I have made my peace 
with God. So I said, well, if one tape could reach a man of his stature and his intelligence and be a popular movie star, was, I'm going to send that tape over again. So that first tape, I got it and put it back in a tape recorder, so I listened to it, to it again. So I listened to my own tape. And I got, got excited. I got so excited that I want to go out and get somebody saved again. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord forever. How to live and not die. That'll really help you. With people that's dying has no hope to live. Now this is some of the material that will help you <clears throat> learn what to and you'll learn more tonight too. I'm glad you came tonight. And don't leave until it's over because you need to hear it. It's probably something different that you never heard in your life. <clears throat> How to make the devil leave you alone. See that? See that tape series? How to make the devil leave you alone. Pitchfork and all. Whoever put that on there. Don't let the devil steal your ministry. Everybody in this building has a good ministry. Good, solid ministry. But most of you probably don't know what it is. Don't let the devil steal it away from you. But you have a ministry. This one is, can a Christian have a demon? All depends on how bad you want one. I give you power and authority over all demons. No devil has power over you. Diseases don't have power over you. You just accept them because you don't know any better. When your disease first started, I don't care what it was. When your disease first started, Jesus said, No, you don't. You can't put that on me. I want to accept it. With a loud, strong voice with authority. No, you can't, Satan. You can't put that on me because I want to accept it. And I command these symptoms to leave me. Go from me, I said in Jesus' name. I command you, come out. Go out of my body. And you do it every day. Every day. Every day, don't go. Get louder. Louder and louder. Benny Hinn tells peace. He'll tell people, he says, I think I've been his oldest friend in America because Benny got saved in a home meeting. He, him and his folks used to live in Canada. And they moved there from over in Jerusalem in Jordan where he was raised. And the, he got saved in a home meeting when he was 19. Well, I was up speaking at the Full Gospel Ministries Convention in Browns, Brownsburg, Canada. Uh, and he, he came... Uh, they brought me here in the afternoon session. That particular day, I was teaching the afternoon session. And he saw me with, with devils and stuff, you know. And he said, he said, I wonder, I wonder what he's talking real loud for. I wonder what he's screaming. Why, why is he screaming at the devil? So somebody says, Brother Nova, why do you scream at the devil? I said, because the devil is hard of hearing. 
He don't want to leave. You have to make him leave. You have to scream at him and make him afraid of him. Voice of authority makes him afraid of you. You can say, in Jesus' name, right then the devil goes, ah, oh. <laughs> then you give the devil order under Jesus' name, and he'll, he, he, he has to obey you. He has no choice. That's the reason Jesus said, Whosoever shall say on this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And see, mountains, any mountain you're climbing now, if it's financial, physical, or mentally, whatever it is, something wrong. Uh, God don't create mountains. The devil creates mountains for you to climb. God said, if you'll come to me, cast your cares over on me, I'll make all your high mountains, I'll make all your mountains to become low. I'll make all your crooked places straight. I'll make every day of your life and all the rough spots in your life, I'll smooth them out for you. Make them smooth and full of peace. All of them. All of them. Glory to God forevermore. I give you power and authority over all demons. You have power and authority over all devils, all diseases. Anything that comes to harm you, you have authority to make it leave your house, leave your body, leave your mind. Because your body and your mind and nothing you own has any part of the devil on nothing what you have. Nothing. He don't even have no right to be on your property. If you pay rent in a house, he don't have no right in your house. Throw him out of your house. Get out! Don't accept that. The reason I want you to hear this one tonight, I speak this to you on this one because in, in my message you'll see where I had to, I, I learned before to be led by the Spirit of God. It caused a great thing to happen. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is a tape series. How to be led by the Holy Spirit. God says those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. All right, you can take all of me now, Greg. So I've got two scriptures that God used one of them. No, he used both of them. And what you're going to hear tonight. But I want you to hear the scriptures first. So you'll understand. <clears throat> All right. In the book of Matthew. Everybody say Matthew. Matthew. Okay, you'll need that in a little while. Because the Lord, Lord remind me of the book of Matthew. All right, the book of Matthew. Chapter 8 of the book of Matthew. Starting with the 16th verse. When the evening was come, they brought to Jesus, they brought to him many, everybody say many, many. that were possessed with devils. Now you see that? You see what that says? They brought many to Jesus that were possessed with devils. And he, Jesus, and Jesus cast out the spirits. 
with his word. That's the way you make devils leave you. With your word. With your word. But if you don't know what to say and don't know how to say it, then you can't make the devil obey you. You have to speak with authority. The disciples didn't know it either, don't, so don't be backward or ashamed. None of the twelve disciples knew how to do it until Jesus taught them. Jesus taught them what to do. They couldn't make the devil obey. But Jesus showed them. Took them up in the mountain, laid hands on all of them. Now then go preach and go teach and cast out all devils and cure all diseases and preach the kingdom of God. So they all went out and started teaching and preaching. They brought many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Everybody say all. All. Well, if you're sick, that includes you. All that were sick. Now then, the Lord taught me something, and I'll share it with you tonight. And from Romans, I knew what Romans chapter 8, turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we, everybody say we. Everybody say we means me. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. Everybody that says saints means me. The Holy Spirit make the intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You might say, Brother Noble, do you know the will of God for me? Are you kidding? I know the will of God for you and everybody else in the world. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What's the will of God for me, Brother Noble? Victory. Nowhere in the Bible will you find that God honors defeat. It's not God's will for you to be defeated in anything. Anything comes from heaven. Jesus paid the price that you might have victory. You might have life and have it more abundantly. One day I got the strangest phone call. course I'd learned about the Holy Ghost being inside of me and being baptized in the Holy Spirit and ministering to from place to place and, <clears throat> but I got the strangest phone call my phone rang. I said hello and this woman she says <clears throat> made the strangest statement to me she says 
She said, Brother Noble, she almost picked Noble Hayes, please. I said, This is he. She said, Brother Noble, she said, You've been elected. I said, Oh, really? I didn't know I was running for anything. She said, Well, you have. You've been elected. I said, Elected to do what? She said, Well, my name is so and so, and we live up here in Indiana, in kind of a small town. <clears throat> and she said, I'm the head of it, but me and 35 women got together about three years ago, and we meet once a month and we pray. Ever so often, we meet and we pray. We've been real faithful about it. And they come along in our town, they built a nice holiday inn a ballroom, a nice holiday inn motel, and they have a real nice sized ballroom in, in the hotel. And she said, now we have a nice place to put on Bible teaching seminars. And they, in the last meeting we had, they discussed it. Said, so now that we have a nice place to put on a seminar, let's start inviting every three or four months. Let's invite a teacher to come up and stay three days Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and hold a Bible teaching seminar. We've been praying to together. We pray for the United States President. We pray for the Vice President. We pray for our Governor, our Senator. We pray for high school principals. We pray for the chief of police. We pray for school principals. We pray for different things. We pray for each other. We pray for men of God. We pray for them. She said, we've been praying together. We have a long, pretty long prayer meeting. She said, we've been praying together for like three years. And we'd really like to invite some of the teachers. And she said, somebody spoke up and says, well, let's invite Brother, Brother Hagen. Well, let's invite John Osteen. And let's invite somebody else. She said, no, no, that's not going to work. She said, let's, let's, let's get a system here that works. She said, I'll tell you what, what we'll do. If this is out right with all of you. I'm going to cut out right here, real quick, like I'm going to cut out 35 little pieces of paper. And I'm going to hand each one of you a piece of paper. And I want you to write the name of the Bible teacher that you want to come and hold the first seminar for us. Now, whoever, whatever name, whatever piece of paper has the, his name is the most in there, I'll call him first and see if he can come. Give us a date. If he can't come, then I'll take the next one that has the second most names on a piece of paper. If he can't come, I'll call the third one, or I'll call the fourth one. Does that suit everybody? They said, oh yeah, that sounds real fire. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. So she said, I did. Passed the papers around. Put all the names in a hat, like this, you know. Then we put, put, put them all out, and we count them just like this, you know. And she said, your name was on more pieces of paper than anybody else's was. She said, so you won the election. I said, well... Praise the Lord. What does that mean? She says, that means that you're invited to come, I think it was Logansville, Indiana, uh, to the Holiday Inn and hold a teaching seminar for us on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Do you have a, a week that you could do that? Now, when she's talking to me, she said, I don't know who this woman is. I'm not more of a house cat. I don't know who she is. She may be flaky for all I know. But... 
But remember that tape series I told you that you should try to get how to be led with the Spirit? My, when, while she was talking to me, my, the Holy Spirit inside of me, my belly began to feel real good. Yeah. My, my, my belly began to feel real. It feels so good and smooth. I said, oh my God. And, and, and I thought, I believe the Lord wants me to go through and speak for this wild woman. I don't even know who she is. I mean, I don't, I don't book meetings unless I know who they are. I mean, I mean I'm not in So I said, well, uh, I said, she says, well, can you, can you come to the novel? I said, oh, well, why, why not? I might as well. Anybody as wild as y'all are, meet, meet for three years together and pray. I said, somebody ought to come and help you. She said, oh, they'll be, oh, they'll be so happy. They'll be so happy. What nation you coming? I, I told her. She said, oh, they'll be so happy. Oh, praise God forevermore. And she said, all right. She said, well, take care of you now. I said, that's, that's, that's up, up to you. And she said, oh, we'll, we'll teach you real good, Brother Norbert. I said, okay, it's fine. And so I went. Started speaking, I believe it was, on Thursday and morning, I believe, Thursday morning, Thursday night. But they had me speaking for morning and night both, Thursday through through Saturday. <clears throat> and so, but I spoke, uh, I think it was Thursday morning, then I spoke again Thursday night. And I noticed when I spoke, over here on the right-hand side, there's a real nice-looking fellow there, dressed real sharp. And he just sat there and listened to me teach, you know. And so, um, after he heard me once, I believe it was, then he come back and, and every time I spoke to her, he was sitting there. But the, the second service, I believe it was, at the end of the service, he came up to me and he said, uh, Brother Noble, he said, you don't know me, but I, I'm, I'm pastor so-and-so, and I have the largest church in town. And he said, I was praying, and God told me to invite, uh, invite you to come to my church and speak this coming Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night. He said, do you have anything booked for this coming Sunday morning or Sunday night? I said, no. He said, where are you going from here? I said, well, I was going to go back home to Tennessee. He said, well, he said, God wants you to come to my church and speak Sunday morning or Sunday night. Well, well, can you do that? I said, well, I, I can work it out. But he said, now, I want to tell you, Brother Noble, he said, um, I have a problem with you. Well, join the club. He said, he said I said, what, what kind of problem you have with me? He said, well, I've been teaching my people, and I have the largest church in town, and I've been teaching my people uh, that is that against people that's falling out. And he said, I notice when you pray for people, a lot of them fall out. I said, well, I can't help because they fall out. I don't care a hammer around with me and pick them in the head. He said, but I've been teaching my people that, that, that that's not real falling out. I said, well, it's real in the Bible. What did you teach them that for? Jesus make doubles leave people or pray for them. Sometimes they'd fall out like they were dead. People around them say, oh, he, they're dead. 
Jesus said, no, they're not dead. He'd reach over and get them, raise them up, be totally free. And I said, mm, what did you teach them that was wrong for them? And it's scriptural. He said, I don't know. I just started teaching them that it wasn't right. I said, well, for you to teach them it wasn't right, that's not right either. He said, well, I know one thing. I know God wants you to come to my church and speak Sunday morning and Sunday night. And I mean, he made it real plain to me. He said, but I, I just want you to know that I don't believe in falling out. And I said, well, <clears throat> it's up to you. We can think about it and pray, can pray about it. It's whatever. And he said, okay. And so the next service, he was there, you know. And after every service, he'd come up and say, Brother Noble, now God wants you to come to my church Sunday morning and Sunday night. But now remember, I don't believe in falling out. I said, well, Pastor, I can't guarantee you that nobody will fall out. I said, I don't knock them in the head. And I said, you didn't fall out. Let them fall. Who cares? So a lot of them fell out when Jesus prayed for them. And uh, he said, well, he said, but, but I, I've been preaching against you. And I said, well, you shouldn't do things like that. He said, well, I don't know. I said, I, that's what I've been doing. I just want you to know that I don't, I don't believe in it. And I said, well, no. he'd come. Every service he'd be sitting there. Yeah, he'd be sitting there. <clears throat> so I taught twice a day. I got to the last service on Saturday night. <clears throat> so notice Saturday night, some woman back in the congregation, she looked funny. She... She's like looking, she's trying to hide from me. She is down like this. Way down like this. And I can just see her eyes on the top of the back of the chair. Yeah. I don't even know what she looked like. See her eyes. And so the last night I had a healing line. I'd been praying for people for different things. So I got through for all the sick people that was there. And there was a good crowd come out in that town. And uh, they, they could, a lot of people come during the day. And so, I laid hands on all the sick people, you know, and prayed for them the last night. And I came back up here like this. I came back up here to thank the people for coming to the meeting, for being so good to me, and so forth, you know. And I got up here like this, and I started started thinking of you. I started started to think of me. The Holy Ghost jumped in my belly, jumped in my belly, and I went, "Uh oh." And the Lord said to me, "There is a demon-possessed woman in the congregation. What?" are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, Jesus expects every minister in the world to do, to, do, to do the same thing he did to people like that. 
unless you get involved in false doctrine won't do it and if you're involved in doctrines that Jesus don't do you're involved in false doctrines no pastor in the world is the is the great shepherd over, over your church and over here he's the under shepherd your pastor is the under shepherd I don't care who he is Jesus is the great shepherd over the church and every pastor in the world, I don't care what kind of denomination, what they teach don't mean nothing. God has a Bible. And he means for every one of his shepherds to teach the Bible. This is God's doctrine right here and nothing else. I started my Bible college. He wouldn't leave me alone for two years. And when he started, he said, I want you to. I want you to start a Bible college for me, son. 28 years ago I started. He said, I want you to start a Bible college for me. And I want you to teach every lesson from my word. And no textbooks. So that's where it's been for 28 years. Been teaching this, we've been teaching his word. And, and so the Lord said to me there's a demon possessed woman in the congregation what are you going to do about it I said well truthfully Lord I hadn't made any plans to do anything about it now listen closely he said The book of Matthew will do something about it. <laughs> hey folks, God don't go for anything except the Bible. Are you kidding me? If you don't present what God says to a person who needs help, he thinks you're flaky. No, I shouldn't have said that. He don't think you're flaky. He knows you are. What is wrong with you? you been, before you get up here behind this desk, you, you need to know some things that Jesus did. Practice your ministry after him. What he did, you do. What Jesus said, what I do, you do. Jesus said, what I do, you do. He said that to all Catholic priests, all Presbyterian churches, all Baptist churches, all Pentecostal churches, all these names that you see on different churches, God don't have anything to do with that, no way. God has a Bible. That's all God has a Bible. As men created them, of course God works through them. But if men lose it, he can't work very much. So, but God loves human beings so much, he just works when he can. If you let him work, he'll work. If you don't present him and don't let him work much, he won't work much. If you'll get behind the desk and call him healer, we're going to have a healing service. Bless God, bring the sick people. Well, and, and, you, and you preach to them that Jesus is a healer, he'll heal them right in, right in front of you. Bless God forever. Well, just like he'll do tonight. Do, do you think, Brother Noble, that Jesus will heal people in this church tonight where I can watch it? No, I don't think nothing. I know he will. But you have to know that. That he is truth and nothing but the truth. 
He said, well, the book of Matthew would do something about it. You haven't made no plans to do anything about it. But the book of Matthew, I guess I use Matthew because it's the first book in the New Testament. The book of Matthew would do something about it. And of course, you know that. Don't you know that? Because I just read it to you in the book of Matthew. Did I not read it to you? Matthew eight sixteen. When the evening was come, they brought to Jesus unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. If you took a whole gang of people, many people that was possessed with devils to the average church in your town in Tampa, Florida, uh, do you think the pastor would cast all the devils out and heal uh, uh, everybody that was sick? Well, he would if he knew how. Some of them knows how and some of them don't. Pray for the ones that don't. Pray for the ones that don't, but don't go there. Why? because you're not going to learn anything there. God don't care what you say. He don't pay attention to what you say. He only believes what you do. He don't believe nothing you say anyway. He only believes what you do. God believes what you do, not what you say. Words are cheap with no action. You can use Jesus' name to speak with authority and get the job done. And one more time. The Lord said to me, uh, this is a, I started to close the meeting. I'd been there for several days, three days. It was helped several services. And I started to thank the people, you know, for coming. Thank them for being so good to me. And I appreciate that 35 women has been praying for several years. And then how meetings like this could come to pass where the whole city could get blessed that wanted to. But then... Before I could start closing, the Holy Ghost jumped in my belly and said, There's a demon-possessed woman in the congregation. What are you going to do about it? The Lord, I haven't made plans to do anything about it. He said, Well, the book of Matthew would do something about it. You say you're a Bible believer? Show me. If you, if you won't show God you're a Bible believer, he don't believe nothing you say. You don't believe that part of it for sure. The book of Matthew. When the evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That's the kind of God that made you. That's the kind of God that loves you. You ought to trust him with everything you got. He'll do the same thing for you. His name can cause all devils to leave you if you have any. If you have diseases, his name, because he's a healer, can heal in his spirit, can heal 
any disease in the world. Any person in the world, I wonder what kind of bad shape they're in. I said, okay, Lord, all right. I know, I know that's the truth, Jesus. Jesus, I know that's the truth. The, the book of Matthew would do, do something about it. And I said, so am I going to do something about it. I'm going to do the same thing about it that you would do. He said, show me. Show me. I said, all right. So I told the congregation, excuse me, I'll be back in a little while, I hope. <laughs> and the lady that was sitting, there's a walk over here, about oh, three or four or five rows back. So she was watching me like this. She'd been watching me all the time I was speaking. So I walked back like this, and I got about as far from here to the lady there in the third row back. I pointed my finger to her and I said, In Jesus' name, I command you, come out of her! Hmm. She snarled. She stood up, split her legs like this. Put her hands on her hips like this, and she said, In Lucifer's name, I won't come out. I knew right then I was not in the Baptist Sunday school. If you want to be in the ministry, if you don't know what to do in a case like that, you better learn. Jesus would like to teach you. Well, when the devil talks to me like that, I get mad. I don't get mad at people. I don't get mad at God. I get mad at the devil. I said, don't talk to me like that about Jesus. I said, oh, yes, you would. Yes, you would. In Jesus' name. And I grabbed her. I let him pray. He'll get the will of God for the saints. He'll search the situation out. And he will, not maybe. If you pray long enough, if you let the Spirit pray, he will get the will of God for the saints. Because the Bible says in Corinthians, anybody that speaks in an unknown tongue, unknown now, no man in the world don't know what you say. No devil don't know what you say. Because it's God's language coming out of you. And nobody don't understand it except him. And he said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh directly to God and no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. There is a mystery concerning that, but it don't make no difference. You speak directly to God. That's the reason I read to you. Romans 8.26 For we are no, no, uh, 8.26 Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. 
but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. The Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes you pray the Spirit so long, uh, your, 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 your language leaves you, tongues leave you, and you can't even say no more words even in tongues. All you do is groan. All you do is groan. Groan. You just groan. Now look here. And we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings. And God's groanings cannot be spoken in any kind of a word. Cannot. Cannot. Now listen closely. But the Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit himself, make an intercession for us with groanings, plural, groanings, which cannot be uttered. Again, the Holy Ghost takes you over on the inside and you just lay there. And you groan. You know, a groaning comes out of you. And you just keep on groaning. You just keep on groaning. You can't even say nothing. It cannot be uttered. In, in tongues are in English. Cannot be uttered. You understand that? You see that? He said, well, you better see it. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints, the Holy Ghost does, that lives in your belly right now. He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And the will of God for any human being in the world is victory. Enjoy what Jesus paid for. Life and have it more abundantly. Health by his stripes you were healed. God don't get no glory out of you carrying disease around and suffering, spending all your money. For a lot of your money for medicine, can't even buy no Bibles to give away or tracts. You spend so much money for medicines. Well, you don't have to do that. Just keep on praying in tongues until you... Sometimes you have to pray for days, folks. Days. Just keep on, though. Just keep on. Ask what you want in English. A proper way to pray. Ask God what you want in English. You understand that? Ask Him in English what you want. You have not because you ask not. Ask God what you want in English. And then you thank Him for it. And then you thank him for it. Then you say, by faith I receive it. And then you begin to pray in tongues. Pray for hours. Pray until you get a note of victory. Well, what is that? Well, it's not a new doctrine, I can tell you that. It's real. A note of victory is when you're praying in tongues and groan so much that all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, it's like a plate turns over in your belly and then when some symptoms of joy in some form comes out like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit inside of you wants to sing a song 
He wants to sing a song. Or many times you, you'll be doing that. Sometimes you'll even be crying and, 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 and be groaning or be praying in tongues, like an intercession or groanings. And all of a sudden, it's like a plate turned over in your belly and you'll just, I mean, I mean you'll be crying. And all of a sudden, it's like a, something turns over in your belly and you'll... <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is? As you hit pay dirt. Your, your praying days is over now. Yeah, you hit pay dirt. You've got what you've been praying for. You got what you've been praying for, so you stop praying now and enjoy it. You may have to, you may have to sit on the floor. You may have to roll in life, you know, for thirty minutes or an hour. Sometimes you have to haul you, haul you home in a truck. Just pick your body up and you laugh all the way to the truck, and they throw you in the back of a truck or in the back seat of a car, take you home, say, "Where do you live?" <laughs> <laughs> But you know them Hoosiers, they said, they, the Indiana people, them Hoosiers, they believe every word I said. And I said, God said for 40 people, come up here and get around her and let the Spirit pray. Pray the Spirit over her. Well, I can understand why he said that, you know, because she was, what are you talking about, mean? Man alive. She has learned this out loud. Jesus Christ is a GDSOB. Norval Hayes is a GDSOB. I hate them. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they come up and started praying. And so many of them got around her. I couldn't even find her no more. I could hear her, but I couldn't, I couldn't even get to her. So they're just all praying in the middle, like God said. And so I just walked back down this way, you know, a few steps here. And over here to the right was that pastor of the largest church in town. He'd been there every service. He said, come over here, Brother Norman, sit by me. So I just sat out by him. He said, now, the Lord wants you to come and speak in my church in the morning, Brother Norman. And tomorrow night, too. But I want you to understand real clearly, I don't believe in falling out. I want to go. I want to go speak yourself, you dizzy thing, you. Well, I'm not agreeing with your version of falling out. Why don't you believe in it? Well, I've been preaching it, and I, I, I can't tell them now that, that I've been preaching wrong. Uh, I said, oh, brother. I said, well, I'm gonna, if, I, if I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak. And you want me to give an invitation? I said, then I'll give an invitation. Just let God do what he wants to. And she says, he said, oh, 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 oh. But, but when you pray for them, sometimes they fall out. I said, well, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't knock them in the head. He said, well, but I don't believe in, I'm going to preach to my congregation. I don't believe in falling out. I said, well, I can't help that. And I said, Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't come and speak. He said, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. He said, no, God told me he, he wants you to. 
And, and he's sitting there trying to talk me out of the, letting anybody fall out. I said, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. But he said, well, I'll tell you what, come speak to my church in the morning, Brother Norman. I'll tell you what we'll do. I always have Sunday school first and then church. He said, tomorrow I'll have church first. And he said, and I'll, I'll turn you loose to speak and you go ahead and teach them. And then as soon as you get through teach them, don't give an invitation. Don't give an invitation. Turn it back to me. And he said, I'll tell them all to go to the Sunday school class at 11 o'clock. You and me will go have lunch. I said, well, you're the pastor of the church, whatever you say. Whatever you say. And he said, then tomorrow night, you can come back tomorrow night and speak for me because God wants you to. And he says, then tomorrow night, you can kind of, just kind of, you know, kind of, if somebody, if you, if you really, if you really think that somebody needs to come to the altar, I guess it'd be all right. I said, oh, brother. So I went and spoke for him the next morning. I turned it back over to him. I didn't give no invitation. Nobody fell out. He is so happy. Because I didn't give no invitation. Nobody didn't come up. I didn't turn it back to him. And he said, well, I know that all of you want to get in your Sunday school rooms. And he said, all of you go to different classes in Sunday school rooms. And so they got up and he dismissed them. They all went to Sunday school rooms and him and me went to have lunch. I went back Sunday night and spoke again. And gave an invitation. About five or six people came up. And I prayed for them. And nobody fell out. Every pastor gets what he preaches. He preaches he don't believe in falling out. So he didn't get any. So I... Uh, <clears throat> I'm standing here like this and I started to turn it back to him and close and a real nice looking woman sitting on the front she comes up and she says Brother Hayes I said yes ma'am she said would you pray for me please and I said sure if you want me to and I went down I laid hands on her and I laid hands on her and prayed for her she fell out on the floor And she did, boy, he jumped up from his seat and ran over to the side and looked at her. Guess who it was? His wife. Boy, I tell you, God knows how to get you delivered from your squirrely mind, from your squirrely doctrine. You know, I didn't see him no more. I didn't see him no more until uh, about two or three years. I was changing planes in Cincinnati Airport. And, and there was one of, these, one of these weeks where they had four, five, six planes going to leave the same plane. You know, one over here and one over here. You know, one over here. You know, and a lot of people in there. I heard somebody calling my name. And so I was looking around, you know, but I couldn't spot nobody calling my name. I stood up, you know. And there's so many people there. I heard somebody say, Brother Noble, Brother Noble. So I looked at him way over up here. I saw a guy up there doing like this. You're doing like this. He said, 
Brother Noble, you remember me? You remember me? He said, over in Indiana, you remember me? I'd like to come and talk to you, but my plane's leaving shortly. I've got to run to catch my plane. But I wanted to tell you, Brother Noble, I believe in falling out. I figured it would after his wife got through with him. But I was sitting there on Saturday night talking to him. And all these 40 people back there praying in tongues, you know. I could hear her screaming, Jesus Christ is a GDSOB, and Norval Hayes is a GDSOB. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, let me see. And so. <clears throat> Sitting there talking to him, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, this is a, a side door here goes into the lobby of the hotel. And all of a sudden, a strange, a, a real nice-looking man, but had a strange look on his face. He came through that door, walked slowly over towards us, but he kept looking back there at that bunch of people back there, all praying in tongues, and he and he he uh, uh, real real loud. And he, he walks over, uh, <clears throat> and I saw he was real, he wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with it. Now let me teach you something if you don't know it. I'd say probably most of you don't know it. But let me teach it to you if you don't know it. Anytime you see somebody is upset with you. Act real stupid. No, even the law, nobody in the world can't do any, can't do anything with a stupid person. <laughs> Just act real plain dumb. <laughs> He's walking over this way, you know. He walked up pretty close to us. He kept looking back at them people that love me. He said, my name is Mr. So-and-so. I'm the manager of this hotel. He said, he says, what's going on? What's going on back there? I said, back, back where? <laughs> he, he said, he said, uh, he said, back, 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 back there. Uh, where, where, where? Uh, where, where back there, where? He said, uh, uh, he said, back, 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 back there, all those people back there, he said, uh, he said, making that funny noise. I said, oh, oh, those people. I said, they speak in different languages. He said, what? I said, different languages. He said, what? He said, they're, uh, they're, they're making a lot of noise, and they're speaking, and they're swimming. And I said, shh. <laughs> hey, sir, sir. I said, shh. I said, shh. I said, they're praying. He goes, 
what? I said, they're praying in different languages. He goes, uh, what? I said, they're praying in different languages. He said, oh, they are? I said, yeah. You can't bother them. You can't bother them. Shh. He goes, oh. Oh. Oh, 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 well, uh, well, uh, uh, uh. He said, oh, well, okay. All right. And he started, he started, he is all the way up there on the front, I guess up there, you know, and the side door is over here. And he started, he'd walk a few steps over here, then he'd turn around and he'd look at them back there. Then he'd look at me and this other fella. When he'd look at me, I'd go. <laughs> he'd go, oh. And they're still praying in in other tongues and, and she's still screaming out Jesus Christ is a GDSOB <laughs> no place is a GDSOB I hate them both <laughs> I, I, I hate them both <laughs> I hate them I hate them both you know? <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder she hates us because she's from hell <laughs> well, the, the devil's in her was she was and, and so he walked, he walked back on this way towards the side door, went back into the lobby. He walked back on this way and he turned around again, take a few steps. And he'd look back over to them, you know, and, then, and he'd look at us. I'd go. Said, oh, okay. Okay. He walked all the way back up here and he went to the side door. He went through the side door like this. This is a door over here. He went through the side door, and I, said, I thought, well, that's, that'll be it. He goes through the side door, then he turns around, pushes the door partly open, and he goes, and he looks at us, and I go, okay, okay. Then he closes the door. And, and we got rid of him by acting stupid, thank God, forever. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Got rid of him. Now, at that time, I had two people travel with me for quite some time, maybe about three years or something. A married couple. I'm in Memphis one time. I got Elvis Presley's cousin saved in a youth meeting in Memphis. And, uh, and, and, and a man in that service, I come out of that service and a man gave me uh, a, a nearly a brand new motor home. A 25-foot motor home. It only had 12,000 miles on it. He said, I want to give it to you, Brother Marble. I don't ever use the thing hardly. And he said, you can get benefit of it working for the Lord. He said, I just want to give it to you. And I said, okay. Yeah, I can use it. I can use it. So we drove that thing for years. Sometimes I go, I give it, I give it to this couple, and uh, Earl and Brenda Edwards. And uh, Brenda should do anything I told her to do. Earl would kind of wonder about it, but she was just sold out. And so I just trained her, and she'd listen. 
So I'm sitting over here with this pastor at the biggest church in town, trying to convince me he don't believe in falling out. And so about an hour, I guess, 30 minutes an hour after he, the manager left but the ballroom, uh, Brenda came in, came over to me and she says, Brother Norville, she said, they just told me here that, that the fire department don't allow anybody to be in the ballroom after 11 o'clock at night. And she said, um, oh, what do you want us to do? We have to leave here in about five minutes. She said, what do you want us to do? I said, I know what God said. He said, how the people are praying in the spirit. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, but she said, we have to leave. What do you want to do with her? I said, well, she'll fight you. I said, so now listen, Brenda. I want you to go in your room. And I want you to get a sheet off of your bed. Bring it back up here and throw the sheet over. And I said, get some people to help you. And so get it under, tie, tie the two corners together and tie it around her where she can't get out. And then some of you just pick her up and carry her through the lobby. They probably, th probably think you have a mummy, but that's okay. Take her to the back of the motel. Take her to the back of the motel there, behind the motel. Up against the motel there in the grass. And just lay her on that sheet. And tell them, and, and take, take all of them with you. And tell them, I said, God said, pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Now, Brenda, listen to me. Pray in the Spirit until God comes. You understand that? I don't have the answer for everything, but God does. Pray in the Holy Ghost until God comes. I said, as soon as we please Him, He'll come. Sometimes short prayers don't please Him. So He don't come. She said, she starts kind of laughing. She says, <laughs> really? You want me to do that? I said, yes, Brenda. Don't I look like I'm telling the truth? I said, now, Brenda, if you don't want to do it, I can do it. I don't have no shame. I'll go in my room and get a sheet off of my bed and come up here and throw it over her and tie it, and I'll tell them to carry it out. I said, but if you can get it done. Oh, she said, oh, no, 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 Brother Noble. You've been working hard. I don't, I don't want you to do it. She said, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I said, now, you promise me you'll get it done. She said, I will. I'll get it done, I promise you. Well, when she promised you something, she'd do it. She went in her room, got a sheet, and come out, thought it over her. Of course, she was a tough girl. She'd fly the circle, saw herself. She wasn't afraid of nothing herself. Thought it over her, and they tied her up and carried her through the lobby. She took about 40 people with her. They went outside. So I go outside in a few minutes, I get through talking to the largest pastor in town and I'm still trying to convince me now I don't believe in falling out and I said yeah I, I believe I've got it right now I believe I've got what you mean you don't believe in falling out but I told you what happened so he got cured of that basically because his life fell out
And so I went outside. When you left, I went outside. And there's all around her praying. I said, well, I, I, just, I, I can stay here and pray. Said, oh, no, no, please. Are you going to speak to that guy in the morning? She said, you go going to bed. She said, I'll stay with him. I said, well, you promise to stay with him and keep him praying? Keep him praying. Pray, Brenda, until God comes. She said, oh, I will. So I went on, and I, I'd been to bed. If you miss it, about half asleep. I hadn't been to bed long, though. Somebody came to my door and went, I said, who is it? They said, Brother Noble, it's Brenda. Can I talk to you just for a second? Crack your door open, I got something to tell you. So I cracked my door open, she says, Brother Noble, please, throw a robe around your Put some clothes on or something. Come up in the lobby. I want you to see something. I said, Brenda, I'm in bed and I'm nearly asleep. She said, I know, Noble, I would never ask you to do this. But she said, I, I just want you to see it. You need to see it. You'll be glad you, you come. I said, okay. Okay, Brenda, I'll be up in about five minutes. So I slipped some clothes on and went up there. And that girl looked like she was sent from hell. Looked like a devil herself. Was sitting there like this in the lobby. I looked at her and tears streaming in her face. She looked like an angel. She looked up to me and she says, Oh, Brother Noble, thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Noble. Thank you. Thank you for helping me, Brother Noble. Brother Noble, they all left. All of them left. They had me bound for a long time. They all left, all of them. They left. I am totally free. Sweetest lady talked to you ever seen. Turned into another human being. She said, oh, thank you, Brother Noble, thank you. So I sat down there with her for a minute, and I said, tell me. How did you get like this? Now, I've been dealing with devils for a long time. Devils can't come into you that strong unless God just completely takes his hand off of you. Then they can just take you over. Totally take you over. She said, yeah, they, that's what they've done to me is totally take me over. I said, well, how did you get like this? What did you do? You had to do something for, for devils come, to come into you that strong. How did... What did you do? Well, she said, I was just a normal person with a normal, but the um, policeman here and a banker, different people, kept trying to get me to go to church with them. And so I decided to go. 
She said, they drove me up to the edge of the woods. And I got out of the car, and I looked there back in the woods, and I saw a black building. I said, a black building? She said, yeah, yeah, a black, a black building. She said, it looked scary, ooh. And she said, I went with them, but it's just a funny feeling in there, eerie. We went in and sat down. <clears throat> and she said, they had a bed in front of the podium. A bed. And she said, all of you men that wants to be a high priest of Satan will take you through one initiation today. All of you women that wants to be a high priestess of Satan yes Satan has three initiations that he puts people through before they can become a high priest or a high priestess. And the first initiation you have to go through with, you have to drink today one glass of human blood. I said, did you do that? She said, I did. I did that. And she said, they did all kind of some crazy, crazy things. She said, the next week, they said, I had all these important men around me, bankers and all that kind of stuff, you know, policemen and stuff. And she said, they were cooperating. They said, now when you become a high priestess of Satan or a high priest of Satan, like I am, this is what you can do. Because Satan will give you supernatural power. The day you go through all three initiations, he will give you supernatural power. <clears throat> like this. There's a lamp on a table another table over here and the man said he'll give you supernatural power like this the lamp I say unto you the authority of Satan move yourself over to that table she said that lamp come up off of the table by itself looked like nothing around it and went right through the air right over to the other table and set itself down. And I thought, my, my, my. Never seen anything like this before. But Satan will give you power, which you may live and die and never have that kind of power. 
but if you believe in him he'll give you power when you pay the price to get it he said the next week it was the second initiation that you had to be willing if you were a woman you had to be willing to go up front take your clothes off all of them lay on the bed and any man in the congregation that wanted to have sex with you in front of the church go up he takes his clothes off and he gets in bed with you and you have sex with him I said did you do that she said I did I said did anybody come up to have sex with you she said oh sure I said, very many? She says, not a lot, just a few. I don't remember how many. Three or four or something like that, you know, whatever. One that wanted to. She said, and I could tell that some kind of a strange spirit was going into me. Every time I go on the premises and do something, she said I went back the third time now then this is the final initiation that you have to perform promise to perform before you become a high priestess or a high priest of Satan that when he gives you special power now your final one is you have to go out and kill a child that you get yourself, that you kidnap yourself. You have to kill a child, drain the blood out of the child in a container, prove to us that you killed the child and you saved the blood. You have to stand in Satan's church here and drank a glass of blood from a child that you killed. I said, did you do that? She said, no. I wouldn't do it. She said, every time I go, they stand me up and whip me with a whip because I won't obey Satan. And I won't do it. But she said, just being there on the premises, Satan's power comes in you strong by just being there. She said, they present everything like it's, like it's all right. But she said, there's a strange, eerie kind of a spirit in that place. I said, oh, sure, sure, I understand that. But she said, these women here, these 35 women, has been praying for me for two, three years. And she said, 
they're the ones that brought me here tonight. They wanted me to hear you. Well, that's, that's the reason, folks, that I was elected in that, in that uh, <clears throat> election they had. Because the Lord saw all that. If you don't have the wisdom and the patience and the faith to see something like that through, if you cannot be led by the Holy Spirit and know what to do, wrap them up in a sheet and everything else, you know, what you're supposed to do. Step by step, people like that, they can't get, they can't get no help. But the Holy Spirit, if you let the Spirit pray, God says, if there's anything that you pray for, but you can't get victory, you don't know how to pray. He said, let the Spirit pray. And He will search out the situation. And He will pray. And He'll even pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he, when you pray in groanings that cannot be uttered, you can get the toughest of the toughest cases delivered. Because when you speak in an unknown tongue and groanings, the Bible says you speak directly to God and no man understands you. How be it in the spirit? There is a mystery to that. And there is a mystery to it. But it's all real. Just as real as I am. The Holy Ghost can get you free from anything. You just have to pay the price and talk to God in his language. Because when you speak in an unknown tongue, the Bible says that you talk directly to God and no man understands you. How be it in the spirit, there is a mystery to it. There is, but it's all scriptural. That's the reason this afternoon God gave me these two scriptures, like Matthew. I had made no plans. There's a woman, a demon-possessed woman here on the premise in a gospel meeting. What are you going to do about it? I had made no plans to do anything about it. He said, well, the book of Matthew will do something about it. You tell people all the time you're a Bible believer. The book of Matthew would do something about it. I said, I know, I know it would, Jesus. I know it would. I know the truth is in the word. And I know the book of Matthew would do something about it. And I said, and I'll do something about it too. And God said, look at me, congregation. And God said, show me. This whole congregation sitting in that ballroom. She is sitting there. The woman with devils, possessed with devils, sitting back there. There ain't nobody who knows how to help her. But the book of Matthew knows how to help her. And the book of Corinthians knows how to help her. I mean, the book of Romans knows how to help her. And you know how to help her. Show me you believe the word. Show me. I said, okay. I'll show you. That's when I went back to her and 
looked at her straight in the eyes and said, In Jesus' name, you devil, in Jesus' name, come out of her! Boy, she went like this and said, In Lucifer's name, I won't come out! I said, Oh, yes, you will. Don't hand me that. In Jesus' name, God is bigger than the devil. And I made a beeline for her and I grabbed her by the head. In Jesus' name, come out of her, I said. Come out of her. She went, She fell backwards into the chairs, knocked a whole bunch of chairs over. She hit the floor, she started cursing. Cursing a blue streak. What does that mean? That means cursing big. Jesus Christ is an SOB. A GDSOB. And Norval Hayes is a GDSOB. Both of them. I hate both of them. I hate them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she hates us because she's full of the devil. And we, we have learned from God how to handle devils. How do you learn? <laughs> you let Jesus be your teacher. You understand that? Let Jesus be your teacher. And they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast the devils out, cast the spirits out, and healed all the sick people that was there. Blessed be God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Set her totally free. That service set her totally free. But we had to go through all that stuff to get her free. And if I take time to teach you uh, like that, rather than just get up and give a quick testimony, you'll say, well, I don't know how that can happen. Well, you, 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 know, you need to understand what you have to do and what's in the Bible. I'm telling you, folks, the person that lives inside of you is the Holy Ghost, and he'll help. He'll perform the whole Bible for you if you let him. You know what the Holy Ghost is here for? The Bible says the Holy Ghost is a performer. He lives inside of you if you're born again. And the Bible says he is a performer. But he only performs what he hears. If you don't tell the truth, he ain't going to perform it. You can tell a demon-possessed person to come out, that Jesus is your answer, he'll, he'll, he'll perform it. The Lord wants to heal you. It's kind of hard to tell people that, that the Lord will heal them. He wants to, if you'll believe him. Come to church and come to the altar, he'll believe him. Then he, he has a chance to heal you. Just give Jesus a chance. That's all he wants is a chance. He wants your faith. Your faith can give him a chance. Blessed be God, pray for more. My daughter is on it. She's watched this all the time. She can do the same thing I can do. She's watched me so much. She can do it just as good as I can do it. Of course, she'll say, oh, no, I cannot. Not as good as daddy can do it, but I, I practice after my daddy. My daddy, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry this ministry on like my daddy said. I'm not listening to nobody else because I've seen too much out of my daddy. People get, get, gets free. She said, I'm going to practice after my daddy. She told me today, she says, Daddy, I watched you on the computer last night. She said, I'm going to be watching you tonight. She had to speak in the church tonight, but she said, 
I'm going to be watching that, and I'll be home about 9.30. He said, you better say hello to me. <laughs> so I'm saying, hello, little Jonah. How you doing, little Dotsy? Did you cast a little bit of anybody tonight? Did you have to? Did you get anybody saved? I'm sure she laid hands on people. Because she lays hands, she's just like me, she lays hands on everything that don't move. <laughs> Glory be to God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. We have a Bible college where we train people to do exactly what Jesus did. Because if we don't, it's not real anyway. You might as well teach them the truth. Jesus is real, folks. His ministry is real. His name is full of power. It's real. All devils are afraid of his name. If you speak with authority. You can't speak with mealy mouth and like, you know, you don't know half what you're doing. The devil won't pay attention to you. Learn exactly what you're doing. Look at the devil straight in the eyes and say, in Jesus' name, you obey me. I command you, obey me. Come out of him. The devil, I've had devils to back away from me and go, ooh, uh, uh, ooh, you, oh, you are strong. You are strong. Uh, you are strong. Oh, shut up in Jesus' name. Come out, I said. That's what you have to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't the Lord wonderful? You like to help me train Bible school students and feed the poor and stuff like that, you know? You like to help me do that? I'd appreciate it if you'd help me do it. So if you'd like to help me do it, won't you bow your heads right now? And just ask the Lord. I won't make no law long to do over it. Just ask the Lord. Lord, what would you have me give to not help Brother Norman in his ministry? Because I'll give it to the ministry. I can make a living from my businesses and money that I get personally. I can make a living from me and Maggie. I don't need to, and I don't have to use the offerings for that. But if I had to, I'd use a little bit of it for a living, but I don't have to. So I can use it for the Lord. I put it in a I can put it in the, in the ministry account to be used for the Lord. Thank God forevermore. And maybe God hadn't called you to have an establishment to feed the poor, but he's called you to feed the poor and to help, you know. If you don't know, you can help me do it. So if you'd like to help, if you believe in a ministry like this, you'd like to help, I sure would appreciate anything you can do that'll, that'll help us. And God will bless you mightily for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.